Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We hope that this message inspires you and helps you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. to Wilmington Church Christ, uh, the lesson period, you might have, in the lesson time, you might have noticed um, things are a little bit different this morning. Like you might have been watching ahead of time and saw that it was just Nick singing on stage. I don't even know if the words were on the screen. And uh, you might have just noticed that I started the recording and then ran around to the front of the table. And um, that the reason why this is different is because we're doing a church-wide illustration. We're trying to illustrate what it looks like if um, our participation in the gathering of other believers, church, doing church, being the church, uh, we're trying to illustrate what it looks like if it's just paid staff that does uh, the church work, um, that does the serving, that does the volunteering. Um, If it's just paid staff, things don't go as smoothly. If it's just paid staff, um, we we don't have a church like people are used to. Um, if it's just paid staff, I think there are some distractions that happen that keep us from clearly communicating the gospel. I'll give you an example. <laughs> Excuse me, let me adjust this mic. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, we let some we let some of our servant volunteers, like our Sunday school teachers, in on the illustration and the planning ahead of time. And I got this email from a very concerned, worried Sunday school teacher. And this uh, worried, yeah, if you're here in person, it's even worse than just seeing me run around and start the camera. I mean, uh, the the lights. There's no volunteer servant working the lights. Uh, there's no volunteer servant doing Sunday school class. Um, there's no coffee made at the coffee bar. I mean, things are getting uh, out of control here. Um, I got an email from one of our Sunday school teachers that said, well, what, what if we have guests? What will they think? What, what will our uh, veterans of the faith think? And um, the reason why he's so concerned is because he gets it. He knows that when servant volunteers create an environment that allows us to worship without distractions, uh, we're able to draw closer to God. He knows that when we are serving one another, we're actually revealing the love of God to other people and participating in the redemption process, spreading the gospel. He knows that if serving volunteers don't happen, then the environments are not created to worship in, in a way that is conducive for allowing us to draw closer to God as easily. And he knows that we're not showing each other love of God. That's what he was concerned about. And he's right. Um, so what will our guests think? And what will you think if you're watching online? Well, um, hopefully our guests and visitors to our church and watching online will say, oh yeah, it makes sense that I need to step up and serve if I'm going to be part of this community so, so uh, other people can experience God and grow in him. And for our veterans of the faith, well, the mature veterans of the faith will understand that it's a church-wide illustration. They'll get it and they'll say, yeah, I'm either serving or I need to step up and serve. And the veterans of our faith, um, the veteran Christians that complain when things don't go their way, they're going to complain. But they'll find something to complain about whether we are doing a church-wide illustration or not. Which leads me to what, why we serve um, according to what the scripture says. Uh, we do... Our servant volunteers do create 
an environment where we get to serve. Now, we're not animals. For example, we have nursery through preschool if somebody showed up today at, in person. And we're not animals. Uh, we we, we um, had a baptism this morning, uh, Samantha Zirkel. And, uh, you know, the baptism is more important than the churchwide illustration. So the serving volunteer team um, for the baptistry came and helped uh, Samantha and her mom get changed and get ready to be baptized. Um, there are some things more important than the serving illustration, uh, for, but the illustration can still have an impact. Um, but there's a reason. There's a reason why we serve. There's a reason why this makes sense. And it, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5 today, verses 13 through 14. I don't even know if you can see this. So open up your Bibles because there will be no screen illustrations today. I have to do it all on the whiteboard. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 14 is uh, where we get this idea that we are called. We're actually called to participate in God's kingdom. Here here is what Galatians chapter 5, 13 and 14 says. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For, as the, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Those two verses are going to prompt us and, and help us to explore why we are called to serve in God's kingdom. Uh, let's just start off first with um, the verse, uh, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Let's just start there, and I'm just going to underline, I don't know if you can see this, or, or I'll circle this word, that word you there, that, uh, this is where um, being from Kentucky actually helps me. That word you there is the Greek form of y'all. Uh, y'all need to serve. Y'all need to be involved. Y'all are called. Um, being from Kentucky helps me understand this Greek word better. In fact, from uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, all the way to Galatians 6, verse 10, Paul uses the plural form of the word you in the Greek language. So every time you read you, 5, uh, 13 to 6, 10 in Galatians, the letter, you, all, you need to think y'all. So check this out. Y'all my brothers and sisters, y'all were called to be free. So now we got this word called. This is an important word too. A calling from God is a divine invitation to participate in the blessings of Jesus. Let me repeat that again. Y'all have a divine invitation to participate in the blessings of Jesus. Y'all were called. Y'all were called. Jesus is even now calling you and calling for you to join in him in him join with him in his work to join with him in his blessings and he wants to give you grace upon grace upon grace and he is calling you he's wooing you he's trying to uh date you he's trying to draw you in he's trying to uh allow you to get to know him so you can fall in love with him but he has already proven that he loves us because he died on the cross to save us from our sins he came to be with us uh, participated in human life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and now that death, burial, and resurrection allows us to participate with him in a new life, in the blessings of Jesus. We're called to participate in those blessings. We're called to be free. Um, I love how um, this calling, actually, uh, if, you're, if you're taking notes and you're writing down notes, um, to serve is actually to fulfill your calling in three important ways. And the first way is it transfers our slavery. We're called, y'all are called, me and you, everybody watching right now, we're called, in divine invitation to participate in Jesus' blessings, to be free. 
And this freedom is really important in verse 13. Uh, freedom is, uh, we, we have a mistake, we have this mistake in our minds about what freedom is. Um, a lot of times we think freedom means um, that we uh, get to make the decisions for ourselves. Freedom means we get to have, uh, we, we try to stay in control, like I'm going to make this happen. Or we think freedom means um, we get to define what is healthy and good. We get to, we want to define what is life and death. We want to define um, the things that God has already given us definitions over. Um, we think we have freedom when we get to define those things. We think we have freedoms uh, when we try to do our best and perform. And all of this is actually slavery to self. And when we are enslaved to self, we are selfish, we're self-absorbed, and we only seek um, in reality to do things that honor us and promote us as our own little gods. And But we are called to be free. We have this divine invitation to participate in the blessings of Jesus Christ. And when we entrust ourselves to Jesus, we actually transfer our slavery to Jesus. And it's paradoxical that when we become enslaved to Jesus, we actually experience true freedom. Uh, Paul talks about it a little bit later in Galatians chapter 5. He says when we have freedom in Jesus, when we are entrusting ourselves to Jesus, when we enslave ourselves to Jesus, we actually experience the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yet when we are enslaved to ourselves, we actually have despair and desperation. We actually have frustration, and we actually have less self-control. We actually experience less joy and less peace when we are trying to do it ourselves. So we are called to be free. We're called actually to transfer our slavery to Jesus. Jesus calls us to be enslaved to him. Remember last week we were talking about in uh, John chapter 13, Jesus calls me, Jesus said to us, you call me Lord and master. You call me uh, you call me teacher and Lord, which is right, because I am Lord and teacher. He is our teacher. He is our rescuer, but he also has designed us to worship him and obey him as slaves to Jesus. He is also our master. And it is good to have an all good, all perfect, all benevolent, uh, beautifully just, uh, always wise God to be our master, because he only has what is best for us in mind, especially long term. He can see our whole life from beginning to end, and then he can see our eternal life. He, he knows what is best for us. We want him to be our master. We want to be under his authority to truly experience true life and participate in the blessings of Jesus. We're called to transfer our slavery. Um, part of that invitation, when we're called to be free, uh, Paul explains a little further. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. That's what we talked about a second ago, the sinful, selfish uh, part of us that we want to be in control. We want to do the things that we want to do. We want to define how we want to define. That's all sin. That's all flesh slavery. Instead, Paul says, serve one another humbly in love. I want to, I want to circle this next word, serve one another. And I'm going to mark through humbly in the NIV in love. The Greek text actually doesn't have the word humbly in it. Um, what the NIV is trying to do is trying to describe our service as a humble service. And one of the ways that we can do that is if we interpret this word right. It actually says, slave one another in love. Be a slave. And you can't be a slave without be being humble. And you can't slave one another without doing it in love under Jesus. Um, and, and that's where the humble word comes for. 
So instead of indulging our flesh, we're supposed to transfer our slavery to Jesus, and we do that by serving one another in love. I like how um, Paul explains in 1 Corinthians what that looks like. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says this. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. God gives us the gifts so we can use to serve. And, and verse 7 says this. This is really important. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The reason why God gives us all gifts so that we can all go serve is so that the whole church is encouraged, so that everyone who participates in the divine blessings of Jesus can also participate in how we serve one another in love. Uh, Peter explains it in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. When we transfer our slavery under Jesus, um, he calls us to serve one another. He actually calls us to look like him. That's point two. Transfer your slavery so now you can look like Jesus. Well, how, how did Jesus look? Well, last week he showed us. He showed us how to serve one another. He got up from the table, took off his outer robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began to wash his disciples' feet, acting like a slave to them. Now, what he's trying to convey there is that we should have this humble attitude where we are going to serve one another. This is what Jesus did. Now, ultimately, Jesus shows us this and reveals us this, reveals this to us when he left heaven, um, hid his glory behind his humanity, um, was willing in attitude to become human and experience all things humans go through so he could relate to us by experience, not just by knowing everything. Then he allowed himself to be put to death. And even worse than that, he allowed him to take the death of a slave being killed on a cross. He did all of this to God's glory, for God's glory, but this is how Jesus calls us to act. This is why it... Um, Jesus, the, the Jesus way and following Jesus is simple, but it's not easy. We have to put to, to death our selfish desires and take on more and more and more of the character of Jesus, which he will empower us to do so that we can go serve others. Um, and we can help. We can help with this. In Ephesians chapter 4, um, it, it, explains, um, it explains how we get to help do this. It, God says, in verse 11, chapter 4, verse 11 of, of Ephesians, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers for this reason, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach a unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I guess a, a graphic that would maybe help, uh, help us understand that, because we want to help you learn how to serve, is um, this kind of graphic. Now, this hurts people's feelings sometimes, and I'm not trying to hurt a feeling. I'm just trying to illustrate that uh, sometimes we have the wrong idea of what church is. Some people think that uh, it is the pastor's job, I'm going to write pastor's job, um, to minister to people. pastor's job to minister to people. But what the scripture tells us, it's the pastor's job not to minister to people, but to train people to minister to people. 
Our job is to work everybody together so that we can reveal the love of God to others, so we can reveal the love of Christ to others through our acts of service. We were created to do good service, uh, works of service. We were empowered by the Holy Spirit to do works of service. We were gifted by the Holy Spirit to, to do those same works of service. We're given the church so that we can serve one another and everybody has a different uh, gift and a different role and everybody's job is important to serve. And the role of pastor or role of teacher is to equip the church to continue to serve. So my job, I do get to serve others. I do get to minister to people, but that's not my main function as a pastor. My main function is to help equip you with the word of God as our guide to go and minister to other people. I love how this happens in our church sometimes. Uh, sometimes we'll have a small group uh, where they're serving one another in a, in a small group of people and they loving on one another and then something happens, a need to know or need to grow moment happens you know, where somebody has a death in the family or somebody gets sick. Um, this just happened not too long ago. Uh, there was a family in our church that took on two foster kids and they had people around them, the church, serving them, that they delivered meals to this family so that they could help take care of their foster kids a little bit easier. See, that's the church serving one another in love. That's how we reveal Jesus Christ to one another. Um, just last week, I mentioned um, Joy. Um, Robinette, one of our Sunday school teachers, repainted her classroom, and then she let the kids help her paint the classroom. So she was serving them out of love so that they would create an environment where they could learn uh, without distractions about Jesus and his love. Oh, we, we create environments where we worship God and we love one another to reveal the love of Christ. And uh, it's your teacher's job and your pastor's job to help train you to be able to do that so that you can go and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. That's really important. Um, so back to Galatians. We are uh, fulfilling our call, to our invitation to participate in Jesus' blessings by transferring our slavery so that Jesus is our master by looking like Christ, taking on more and more of his character, and part of his character and mission is to serve others. And then we want to be a slave, a slave in love, a slave in agape. When we do this, when we are a slave this way, we actually, I love how it finishes out in verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. We honor God when we serve. We transfer slavery to Jesus. We look more like Jesus in character, especially in serving each other. And we honor God when we serve because we are obeying his command to love one another as ourselves, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We get to honor God when we serve. The very first church did that. In Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, it describes the church, how it grew. And anytime churches grow, uh, there is more people, which means there's going to be more problems because you get a bunch of uh, broken people together, even if they get healed and placed into the pardoned part of Jesus Christ, even though their, their soul and character is being made new, they still have a tendency to fall and, and not act like Jesus all the time. So um, when you get broken people who are healed together, it makes a mess sometimes. So the first church, it was growing by leaps and bounds. The gospel was spreading. You got more people, you got more problems. And in the very first church, Acts chapter 6, 1 through 7 describes how there were a certain group of uh, the widows that were not being fed. 
So after church was over, what would happen is um, when the apostles went house to house to teach, they would also collect baskets of food, any extra food, and they would go serve the widows that extra food because they didn't have enough food to take care of themselves and they didn't have jobs to go get more food. So they had to be taken care of by the church. And it turns out that the Hebrew-speaking widows were being fed, but the Greek-speaking widows were not being fed. Racism was happening even in the first century church. So what they did to honor God and to serve, to obey the command, love your neighbor as yourself, they decided that they would find some people to go collect food, not the apostles. Remember, the apostles' job, the teacher's job, was to train the church to minister. So the apostles said, well, we don't have time to go serve and wait tables and gather food and teach the scripture to train people how to serve. So they selected other people to go collect the food and serve the Greek-speaking widows. And I want to show you this in Acts chapter 6. This is this is something I never saw before. Serving is a spiritual matter. Acts chapter 6, um, they said, let's find some people to go gather the food for the Greek widows and serve them so that we can continue to teach and train people to serve. And verse 5 says, this proposal pleased the whole group. Uh, they chose these people um, to go serve. And verse 6, they presented these men to the apostles four works of service, and the apostles prayed over them and they laid their hands on them. This act of collecting food and delivering it to the Greek widows was a spiritual act. Serving is a spiritual act. Let me repeat that. If you want to fulfill your calling to participate in the divine blessings of Jesus Christ, your divine calling to participate in the blessings of Jesus Christ, serving is a spiritual act. Serving helps you participate in his blessings. They prayed and laid their hands on these first century deacons, these servants, to go wait on tables, how they described it, and deliver food. Serving is a spiritual act. Luke, in Acts chapter 6, 1 through 7, when he describes this scene, and he says they go and they serve and they're delivering food, it's implied that the Greek widows finally do get enough food and they're taken care of. But Luke doesn't emphasize that their physical needs were met. What he emphasizes is because they organized a serving team, because they looked more like the character of Jesus Christ, because they were honoring God by fulfilling the law, love one another, love your neighbor as yourself, because they were serving, doing this act, spiritual act of worship by serving, here's what he says. The word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to faith. When they went and served, yes, the physical needs were met. And yes, they needed their physical needs met. They needed food to eat, to survive. But Luke emphasizes the transformation of souls and the spread of the gospel. When you serve in the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to meet physical needs, but you're also going to have souls transformed. They're going to come to entrust themselves to Jesus Christ because by your act of service, your spiritual act of worship in service, the gospel spreads. This is why it's so important. This is why we did the church-wide illustration where we just show you what church looks like if paid staff only is serving. Because the gospel doesn't spread as, as far if only paid staff is serving. Because physical needs are not met if only paid staff is serving. Because the transformation of the souls is limited if only paid staff serve. But if y'all Fulfill your calling to participate in the blessings of Jesus Christ.
by serving, souls will be transformed and the gospel will spread. So what can you do about it? Well, if you're in person right now at church, you're going to get, I have to hand these out myself. We're not having anybody serve today except paid staff. We're going to hand out these serving cards. And what it is, it just says, hey, uh, I'm interested in fulfilling my call to serve Jesus Christ and to do a spiritual act of worship and serving. Um, you put your name, your phone number, and your email, and whether you can get text or not. And then you say, hey, I'd like more information about one of these areas to serve. Um, Maybe you want to be on the greeter team that helps create the environment. When people come in, uh, there's no distractions. The, the carpet is clean. You're welcomed. Um, you feel like you matter because you really do. And uh, you genuinely want to help somebody learn about Jesus. Maybe you want to serve on the greeter team. Maybe you want more information about that. Uh, maybe you want to be on one of the prayer partner teams where you pray for church and you pray for people online and you pray for others to help carry their burdens through prayer. Uh, maybe you want to um, be part of the college ministry. You know, my oldest son is going; just went to college, and the college ministry prepares care packages to send to our college students to, to remind them that they are still loved, they're still being prayed over, and it's always nice to get some snacks in the mail if you're a college student. Um, or maybe you want to serve in one of our local ministries like Hope House or Your Father's Kitchen um, or New Life Clinic, helping people in our community, revealing the love of God to others. I, I will point out that if you don't love kids, like if you hate kids, please don't sign up to serve in Kid City or with our youth. And if you're embarrassed and you don't like being in front of people, we have some options for you to serve behind the scenes where you're never seen, but your works of service create an environment where other people can learn. We even have online ministry you can serve. Now, if you're in person, you get that card. But if you're online, what you can do right now, you can even stop this video and go directly to this uh, website www.wcconline.org slash serve. If you type that in on your phone or your computer right now, it will pull up this in electronic form. You can click on a place to serve and then we will get you information. One of our team leaders will call you so that you can get information. We can find out a little bit more. You can find out a little bit more and then we can get you trained to serve. Our job is to equip you to minister to people. Your job our job as a church, our job as a church is to serve others, to create environments where we can learn about God, create environments where we can learn about Jesus without distractions, um, create environments where we can draw closer to God in worship, or we are serving so that we can love one another so souls are transformed. That's how God does it. He does it through our service. Or the gospel spreads. That's one of the, way God, God, that's one of the ways God's, God does it. It's through our service. Okay, I think I explained this. Um, you'll notice it's not edited, and I forgot to grab a communion cup. Uh, so go get your communion. I'm going to go over and get my communion. You can pause it at home, but I can't pause it here. Okay, I've got my communion cup right over here. The communion is the, the communion. See, this is where we would pause the, and edit the video, and I would just smoothly go right into the communion meditation. This communion reminds us of Jesus' great act of service to us. This communion reveals to us in a physical illustration, kind of like we did a physical illustration today with a church-wide, no volunteer serving, only paid staff serving. This is a physical illustration reminder of what Jesus did for us. And something spiritual happens too. Would you take out your bread? 
And would you allow yourself, would you take this bread in a worthy manner? Remind yourself that it was because of our sin, our rebellion against God, being selfish, trying to be a slave to ourselves, thinking we'd have freedom. That was the reason why Jesus died for us. And as you crunch this bread in your teeth, would you remind yourself that Jesus' body was crunched on the cross, nails through his hands, nails through his feet. He suffered um, whipping to his back, and by his wounds we are healed. Would you participate in the bread? Thank you, Jesus, for that reminder of sacrificial service using your body so that we might be healed, that we might be saved. Would you take out your cup? You know, Jesus tells us, the scripture tells us that when we participate in the bread and we participate in the cup, we're actually participating in his body and blood. There is something spiritual that is happening, even though it's a tangible, physical reminder of what Jesus accomplished. And when we participate in the cup, we're reminded that his blood covers over all of our sin. It was his sacrificial death and his blood that saves us. This is a cup of a new covenant. This new covenant promises that Jesus will be faithful even when we're unfaithful. Um, it promises that it's a reminder that his blood was a sacrifice that makes us whole and clean. And it also empowers us to go serve. Would you participate in the cup? Let's pray. Jesus, we praise you because you showed us how to serve. You showed us how to sacrifice so that others might be saved. And Lord, you even showed us a way, grace upon grace, you showed us how a way to uh, spiritually and physically sacrifice ourselves daily, taking up our cross to serve. And you, you tell us it's, it's uh, by becoming a slave to you and serving others humbly in love that we fulfill our calling. Thank you for reminding us of that through communion. Thank you for revealing that to us through your death and resurrection. And thank you for allowing us to participate in the blessings of the kingdom just by going out and loving on other people like you loved on us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, your best next step right now. Don't wait anymore. Go online. Grab this serving card, www.wcconline.org slash serve right now and click on one of the links that you are interested in to get more information about serving. Oh, here's a way you can do that. Uh, I think this works. It, it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. God doesn't always answer the same way. But before you click on the list, before you read the list, say, God, would you reveal to me, would you tell me, would you show me which area I need to serve? And then wait for God to speak to you. Click on the link um, where he, he is directing you to serve. He can speak to you even in this moment. And then uh, what we'll do, we will uh, contact you. One of our team ministry leaders will contact you. They'll give you more information about how you can be trained to serve in that area. And we'll set you up to join and, and participate in God's kingdom of service. Have a great afternoon. Don't forget www.wcconline.org slash serve. Fill it out right now. Have a good week. Oh, it's not edited. I got to turn this off. We want to help you take your next best step. If you would like more information about how to do that, visit us online 
at wcconline.org and fill out a Connect card. If this message has inspired you, be sure to share it with a friend. And don't forget to keep up with us on social media. Thanks again for joining.